<laughs> little technical difficulty there. I dropped the phone. It's kind of technical, right? Real quick one here. I wanted to discuss how fasting can affect your mood. Uh, I've learned this over the years and I haven't. I don't always do it for this reason. It's an interesting thing because sometimes going into a micro fast day, I'm worried like, oh, maybe you know, there's that little bit of concern that comes up like, oh, maybe it's time I'll mess it up. You know, there's uh, the virtually any time I've done anything a little bit challenging, there's always some kind of nagging voice or part of me that's like, oh, what if this is the time you don't get it? It's an old school thing. I'm just used to it and I don't worry about it, particularly in areas where I've had success over this period of time. It's really not a concern, although sometimes it is an annoyance. I notice frequently on the fast day, I feel good that I'm on the fast day. It's like, all right, I'm doing it. You know, there's the I'm doing it feeling, but there's also kind of a simple balanced feeling where it's like I can't screw up with food because I'm eating so light. And of course, now I focus on primarily healthy fats on uh, my micro fast days. There's a feeling like I can't really screw up with foods. Yesterday, I kind of screwed up with food. And then I continued that screw up into today. And I got back on the carb roller coaster. It was a mess. I've been, my, my state has been off for almost 24 hours now. So at 7.30 tonight, uh, mountain time, if that matters, I stopped eating. I just finished up some coffee with cream at that point. So I'm going to do my best. We'll see how I feel tomorrow. But my plan is to not eat till noon tomorrow. And I'm doing that specifically to kind of make sure I don't screw up my mood again. Uh, it's not that I couldn't screw it up after noon tomorrow. It's just that the fasting, it kind of balances things out. There's a variety of physical things that are going on with your body, uh, cleansing itself and repairing itself while you're fasting. But a result of that, now there can be, you can certainly be irritable while fasting if you're not used to it. And uh, that can still happen some, even if you are used to it. But usually the major challenges with it uh, go away, you know, after you fast for a few times. If you're fasting a few times a month, then you know, micro fasting, or if you're intermittent fasting, you do it for a little while and it gets to be less of a big deal. Although any, I mean, it, fasting can kind of reveal the people you really need to avoid and people that you're typically annoyed by, unless you've just eaten something rich in fats are people that are probably taking up more of your resources than you need to be giving them. Uh, I know that you can't always just, you know, X people out of your life just because they're annoying you. But it's something to consider. It is, uh, you can prune the tree, your social tree, so to speak. And you do it over time. Don't do it just because some crazy long-haired guy on Facebook said to. But it's something to be aware of and to consider, particularly long-term. You know, who do you really want to be your friends? Who do you really want to be in your life on a regular basis? And even if you remove somebody on the regular basis, it's not removing them entirely. So, you know, something to keep in the back of your mind. But fasting to regulate mood is a really interesting thing, and it's something I would look at when you start fasting. I would look at, and again, starting with fasting, it could be as simple as just the intermittent fasting, just shaving a few hours off your eating window in the morning, or shaving a few hours off your eating window in the evening, uh, or you could try your hand at a micro fast. Now, if you've never done a full fast, it's one of the coolest things you can do without doing any of the other psychological stuff I teach for changing your brain for fat loss, to give yourself a different awareness about food. Once you've gotten through a full 24-hour period, you've woken up, you've not eaten uh, anything, anything solid or anything with calories, 
you know, maybe you have some coffee with no, you know, sweetener or creamer or anything like that or some tea. Uh, but other than that, it's just water. And you do that until you wake up the next day. You go to bed not eating anything. You wake up the next day. That changes you. There's a permanent change in you that comes from that. Now, it doesn't automatically fix everything. I mean, you're going to have radiant health for the rest of your life. But it does there's that change. I mean, since I fasted, you know, I fasted the one time back in my twenties, I always knew I could do it again. You know, I knew it was possible at least to do it again. And of course, if you do it somewhat with any kind of regularity, you know, a few times a year, even there's more of a recent memory of it where it's just like, I could do that again if I need to. And so when you're talking about just shaving a few hours off your eating window or starting to bring your calories down on, say, microfast days or half-fast days, I've heard of doing like a thousand calorie day and they call it a half-fast. So you're eating roughly half or maybe a little bit less of what the typical daily allowance of calories is. It's another thing you could play with or start with at least. Any of those things seem dramatically easier once you've done a full fast, once you've done the big thing, then after that, it's just, you know, it can be done. Maybe it's challenging, but you know, you can do it. So something to consider it, you know, helps, helps you feel more effective and more confident going into it. And just the process of fasting, it seems when your body's doing that cleansing process, particularly when you've done what I've done here this weekend and uh, jump back on the carb roller coaster, my body's more sensitive to that than it used to be. And I don't know if that's just because I've been eating better or just because I'm getting older. I'm not certain exactly why it's as sensitive to it as it is now, but it's, I like to avoid it. And even on cheat days, I try to avoid it by eating, making sure I'm always eating protein and healthy fat anytime I'm carving it up and trying to space it out where it doesn't, you know, if I do too much in the morning, then, you know, I just maybe eat some proteins and healthy fats through the middle of the day. So I might go big on carbs again in the evening, but I don't want the whole day to be a roller coaster, maybe just a roller coaster with that morning lump and that evening lump. And of course, I'm usually going to bed in the evening, so I don't really experience too much of the downside of that. It's something to consider. It's something to consider in general, how food affects your attitude, how food affects the way you feel. And I've noticed that healthy fats are one of the coolest things you can add just to feel a little more balanced, a little less, you know, frenetic all over the place. There's something powerful here. And if you're doing some of the practices, if you draw a little more attention to it as you're going through, you don't have to just sit and make the whole day a meditation on how you feel while you eat or don't eat, as the case may be. But to notice it occasionally, set up a few reference points throughout the day that the more you do that, the more you get a feel of what's going on. Uh, you can do it very specifically if you want to journal it or something like that. That's another valid thing you can journal. But just to bring that awareness to it is already powerful. And when you start to recognize these things, all the blocks about, well, I could never do that or that'll never work. I wouldn't want to do that long term. You wouldn't want to feel better and be in better shape long term. You wouldn't want to have balanced energy throughout the day long term. When I say it, it only goes so far. But when you actually experience it, this guy, all those other guys, nobody can really take away from you what you've experienced. 
you know it's real. There's none of this BS where, well, the science says it's not that you shouldn't listen, you know, give a polite listen to what the science says. But when you've experienced something, you know you've experienced something. That doesn't mean you can you know, write a research paper on it now. It does mean that there's something real that happened there. And, you know, you won't just let anybody come along and take that away because, you know, they have some numbers that, you know, satisfy them. that They know what's going on, even though 99% of them haven't experienced any of it. There's plenty of fat doctors giving people diet advice. And there always have been, or at least this whole last century, there certainly have been. So keep that in mind. When you get those results, it's real for you then. And there's there's no denying it. You know, there is maybe some argument as to what exactly it means in terms of how it happened or what exactly was going on inside your body that led to it. But the results are indisputable. When you see them and experience them for yourself, it becomes undeniable. And there's a confidence that goes with that that's like nothing else I've ever felt. And I want you to feel that too. So if you're not already playing with your diet, if you're not already playing with fasting or the diet journal or any of the relaxation drills to change your brain for fat loss, get some experience in the field. Do it. Make it happen. And once you make it happen, you're going to get the experience and you're going to get the undeniable confidence of having them through it. And I think you'll be very satisfied with that. I'm Ben Langley. Thank you very much for spending some time with me today. We'll talk again soon.